Hello Audio Listener. Please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. got Shane Fernandez. Thanks for joining me, mate. It's good to see you again. Yeah, thanks for having us, mate. It's been it's, yeah. a, it's a massive pleasure. It's been a while, isn't it? I mean, I've been living out in Canada now for like six, seven years, but it has, yeah, it has. It's been a long time. You joined us. You joined us at Pasha, didn't you? Yes, I did, and a couple of other parties, I think. I used to come <laughs> to your parties, a few of your parties, anyway. But uh, me and my missus were talking about the Pasha one. Yeah, and she was that like, was ages ago. Yeah, she was like, do you remember we did the boat party or, or something like that? And then you went back to Pasha straight after. And I remember we were standing outside Pasha, um, outside, is it Victoria? No, what's the, is it Victoria? Yeah, 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 yeah. Victoria. And yeah. Uh, then me and Luke, like, come in, and Steve, and yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, I remember that as well, the boat party, yeah. That was a wicked was one. That? Was that the Sam Devine boat party? Yes, I think it might have been. Yeah, no, it was a. I remember that. That was a good night. Because there was a couple. There. there was Luke, Luca Pacetti, Mark Vanchuli, and then you, you did the after parties, didn't you? Yeah. Or was it your own? No, did you do after parties? Or I can't remember. Not that one. No, no. no. I, I used to do. I used to do the Pasha nights, obviously. But yeah, yeah. yeah their own nights. Not, not that night. Not that night. Yeah. No, that was good, man. I loved it because they had the glass perspex, the, the glass there behind the booth, and you could see yeah. it onto the dark, like. It was sick. Yeah, it was called the yeah, it was called the glass room, wasn't it? That's and, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good that was a good start. I think doing the second rooms. Yeah, it was wicked. So let's let's start off with then like your music journey. Where did like your music journey begin? Like, what were your inspirations and how to and get into into all this sort of thing? Um. So my my musical journey. I mean. I I'm from Goa, obviously, and um, if you don't know, <laughs> well, I, I know uh, anyway, yeah. But <laughs> so yeah, from Goa, I think in Goa you are, you know, um, you come across music with in everything you kind of do. To be honest, mm. it's um, you know, from from the from my parents and their parents and everything. You know, it's something we always do, whether you're playing instruments or whether you're playing whether um yeah or being part of a you know i don't know a band or something like that so there's it's always been in the family and it's always in goa as such but for me obviously i uh, always had music in my life and then i became a school drummer in uh in boarding school st peter's uh and um it's it's the same school actually freddie mercury studied in oh really um yeah that's sick um, interesting interesting fact in there name drop <laughs> yeah, they kept that one quiet didn't yeah they? <laughs> yeah so um but i was a school drummer there and then obviously um when i went back to goa um i wanted to kind of drum obviously that that never happened and then one of my mates when we were in uni he asked you know he was like there's this dj competition local dj competition let's just go you know let's take part let's take part and then you know um took part for the first time DJing. I mean, I had loads of friends who were DJs through most, you know, who, who were DJs and that and played in bands and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, that was the first time I ever DJed and I won first place and and that was the beginning basically and that's where that's basically uh history now. But yeah, that's how it started. And then yeah, just gigs came gigs started coming in. And then I there was another competition, All India, which I won first runners up. And yeah, that's that's how it began. How, how was uh what sort of music was it that you were playing then when you uh were doing that them um, DJ competitions? Uh, house, house. It's house Goa, yeah. yeah, it's a Goa is known for kind of, you know, house music. You know, uh, Goa is like the Ibiza of India. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people come down. And back then we were, I think all of the DJs were always kind of, you know, driving the house scene and kind of, you know, you, you, you had tourists kind of requesting, you know, can you play Bollywood or can you play that, you know. But in Goa, I think the DJs, always stuck you know no it's only house music and that's it so yeah there was only we played house music you know the competitions both competitions i remember starting yeah my first ever track as a dj was playing mooney dove oh, i yeah. think there was a full edition remix and oh, it went from cool. there and finished off with smack my bitch up <laughs> <laughs> that's wicked so, yeah that was a that was a competition you had 10 and you had 10, 20 minutes or so, and yeah, but yeah, that was it. I bet the dance floor went nuts when you played Smack My Bitch Up at the end. Yeah, so there was a, it was Hey Boy, Hey Girl, and then Smack My Bitch Up. So oh, it was like, so it was it was progressing. It started with Mooney and then went progressed into harder kind of stuff. And so it was Hey Boy, Hey Girl, and then Smack My Bitch Up, which is, you know, um, because you're mixing all of these tracks, about five, six tracks in, in that time. And yeah, I think it was I think it was ten fifteen or ten twenty minutes. But yeah, that's fucking uh, good times. That's wicked. <laughs> like, so um, you kind of learn at an early age and how to read a crowd and get it going from doing them DJ. Yeah, matches. yeah. I mean, it was about reading the crowd. Obviously, I had friends who were, like I said, were DJs mm -hmm. and friends who were in bands and stuff. So I was around that atmosphere. I saw crowds and I, I I was, you know, even before being legally allowed to be in a club, I was in a club. So, you know, um, that obviously helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when did you start breaking into the UK scene and like going into, so, um, when was the start of that? So yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I moved to the UK in, I think, 2005, six yeah and um yeah and when i moved i moved first to, the, to this place in called swindon yeah oh, where my dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah so where my, where my dad lives still but um and over there i mean it's not like you know it's not like go obviously nightlife and everything they have a nightlife but i tried to kind of you know try and get some stuff you know get gigs or whatever but obviously over there being less gigs and stuff all djs want to kind of look after themselves first mm -hmm. but yeah i moved to london i moved to london around 2006 uh, uh, as far as i can remember and then it was hard to crack into the scene i did kind of do a few kind of shows obviously electronic sessions and all of that yeah and um and then i actually yes yeah, so actually one of my friends who i met through work he used to play in the West End. He used to DJ at Zubar and oh, yeah. uh, a few other places in the West End. So, you know, I was 
so I was used to kind of um, going back. Actually, I did also play R and B back in the day, just to. Who rewind. didn't play a bit of R and B back in the day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did play R and B. Yeah, we used to we used to start our night actually. You know, besides the whole competition and everything for the competition, obviously it was house. But we also we used to start the night like you know. Uh, places and go like cafe mambo and stuff in in Baga. anyone who's been will know mm-hmm. um um and we used to start the night obviously playing the art playing r&b and then progress in the house and that's how it went finishing off at five six in the morning but yeah anyway going back to back to the uk and then one of my friends who was playing in the west end he got me obviously gigs we played together and then i got some gigs and then I had some residencies in all around, you know, the West End and, you know, Soho, Leicester Square, all of that. And yeah, and then obviously that was, it was full on, but I was, I always wanted to do house. Yeah. And then on the side, obviously, I, when Samurai Sessions came about, it started off. Um, so Samurai Sessions was a mixed CD. You know, I used to give out, like, you know, this is my mix, basically, you know, kind of get gigs. Yeah. And then I started doing a radio show. Oh, what radio show? Called, was, what radio show was that? It was. Uh, it was called Samurai Sessions yeah. on um, a um, online uh, oh. website. I think it was called. Um, I think Ideal Club or Radio. I think that's what they were called. I think they they had a stint with data transmission as well. I think um, I remember them actually. Now you mention it, yeah, yeah. So I did I did a small stint with them, and then after that finished, I was like, okay, what can I do with sunrise sessions? We have to go somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, then I I started. I thought of doing a launch party. We did a launch party in Fulham, um, on uh, mid September. Like you know, I thought. Let's do it, you know, just, you know, bite the bullet, let's do do a party. You know, that's what I, I mean, I always wanted to DJ, but not never do events. But yeah, um, so let's do it. Call it Summerize Sessions, the launch, and, you know, free burgers and champagne and all of that. I put money into it, and it fucking pissed down. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, hey, mate, you can. And it rained, like, it was, a ter- it was meant to be a terrace party. It had um, it had a, a level downstairs, which was indoors. It also had a terrace where the music was, you know, there was music and there's burgers and stuff like that. Yeah. But it it was pissing down and like like nothing. It was like a, probably the worst worst day to kind of have a day party. But yeah, we had about fifty people, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was um, that was it. That was the beginning, and then obviously Pasha came. Yeah. and um yeah the rest is history how how like how did you come up with the name sunrise sessions first of all and how was it like trying to navigate into like getting your like your brand into these clubs i know you like said about mixed cds and that but like approaching them um and like presenting it because you're, you're it's legit it's pretty much a business so you kind of got to give a presentation to be like, this is what I can do. Like, how would how did you present that? Like, with and come up with the brand of Sunrise Sessions to like give to these clubs and be like, I can throw this party because it's quite tough being new. Like you said, breaking in the scene. So how did you like break into that? Um. 
So summarize summarizes obviously I've always said it's an obsession with summer obviously yeah. where I come from it's sun sea sand that's you know where I was born and brought up so for me the roots come the name comes from around there and yeah I call it summarize session then I remember saying that to someone at work you know summarized I call it summarize sessions and they was like wow you should really you should really you know uh, use that name that sounds really cool and then I was like all right let me let me just block that website and everything and I said one day I'll do something about it and yeah and then yeah of course then after doing that that party and then you know you did pasha and then I did egg obviously and then I said all right then you approach the smaller clubs obviously not yeah. clubs the bars and stuff like the horse and grooms and stuff um by word of mouth by you know by just meeting people approaching them messaging their pages at that point yeah and um, and then it just got obviously it started getting more and more you know bigger and better and then i think in london it becomes easier because then you can go and visit these visit these people and visit the managers and kind of you know pitch directly and kind of show what you've done yeah and yeah that was um that was that's how it happened really i think when you talk about then pitching you know to clubs across the country now that's that's bigger so you then obviously you have a big portfolio we've always been filming we've always been you know taking pictures and stuff so then you build your portfolio and you build up you know i have um a a good pitch deck now yep and got a website obviously which kind of you know helps we were running all of the most of this stuff through facebook um through the facebook page without have, having a website and then obviously you know you're not using you're not doing you're not doing it right if you not if you don't have a website when you take it to that level yeah so yeah um yeah then the website obviously the pitch deck that's that's how you know you initiate conversation most of the time most of the clubs that we have approached have looked at what we've done and you know uh want to kind of you know come on board so yeah that's how that's how we do it now that's wicked mate because again like you've been doing it for years like a long long time and i'm 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 happy for you that you've done it this long as well because a lot of people would start it and just sort of break away and not do it right because there's there's so many people that i look back at when we started because it's going to show our age here but instagram weren't really a thing back then was it It was all done on facebook right and it kind of like some of the people that i saw play back then and be really big don't really do it anymore and you're still fucking doing it you know and hats off to you for doing it because like i say a lot of people break away from it you know and uh with, with regards to um when you pitched it like was I was I the first one that played your first in Pasha then? I think you were one of the one of the first ones. One of because those were the those were the first kind of parties. Pasha were the first one. So yeah, I think you guys were. I think you were probably on the maybe the second or third party. I think we did at Pasha. Okay, so how how did you how did you get into Pasha then? Like. That's electronic a- sessions. So basically, yeah, electronic true, sessions yeah. were yeah. So Greg, Greg Sullivan, yep. um, who was running obviously electronic sessions, he was he was a promotion manager at Pasha, and he 
he gave uh, he gave me the first shot basically at one of the big clubs. So yeah, that's fucking so, sweet. Yeah, yeah. good man. Cool. Yeah, that's wicked, mate. I yeah, I, this is why I wanted to get you on because having a brand, uh, not many people like know about the behind the scenes of like promoters and brands that throw parties, right? Everyone knows about DJs or watch YouTube videos, but no one knows <laughs> the deeps of how you started your thing or any promoter really so how how was it booking like your first like who's your biggest act that you booked first for your own party um i can't i can't yeah i can't say biggest act as such you know because they keep getting bigger <laughs> yeah that's true yeah but i mean so, like, yeah, who was the I first mean, one like that you first one yeah um i think we've had like and we've had like Osin Word, we've had Mihalas Safras, we've had James Beeler. Um so there's there's a few like, you know, I couldn't I couldn't say which one's my favourite, but they're all they're all good. Yeah, we've got a child also coming up next next Sunday. So yeah. Wow. And how did you go about like approaching these? Because you know, you got you got to approach these people with like obviously your pitch, right? So do you throw that pitch that you've got that you go to clubs to these like managers and say, look, I want to book this artist and I've, do you have to get a venue sorted out first? Like, how do you get the venue and like, what's that process of like organizing an event? So yeah, it starts, I think, you know, for me, it starts with, I'm sure many people do it differently. Obviously for us, it starts with the venue, getting a venue. Um, obviously now we work with so many venues. It's, you know, uh, so many clubs now across the country. So now, but once once you set the date, then then you can start the whole kind of process of who you're going to book, who works for that, you know, who we think would work in that city, who, um, you know, it's different. Especially we've learned so much also from from the tour that certain DJs might work better in certain cities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it starts it starts with kind of you know getting getting the club confirmed, getting a date in the diary, and then you start you know you you think. Uh, who you book obviously we, we work with some agencies um and we see you know we look at their roster but if there's any anyone specific say the likes of james abelance um you know and artists like him then we will obviously approach the the agents and kind of you know say this is what we're planning and um and donna uh in my team donna love so she she works with she works with agencies to kind of get it over the line yeah and yeah, and obviously now it's also different because now obviously what we're doing with with the label and events is kind of building and kind of keep them in sync. So we have artists that also perform for us and also kind of release music. So and we built that relationship now with so many artists, like some Maxine, you know, um, Kasim, and so they who DJ for us as well and release music with us. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do now to keep the label as well in sync with with um with the events. So yeah, sorry I digressed, but yeah, so no, it's it's, good, mate. Yeah. it's part part of like you know um creating that sync, and that's where that's how we're booking as well now. That's sick. So I didn't realize you had a record label. So how 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 did the record label start, and how did you start it? Um. Let me let me think. I'm gonna um, pick your brains so here. Was, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna pick your brains here. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's fine, that's fine. Um, it's a Sunday, so you know I'm still recovering. 
um, so the record label, it was always going to be part of the plan. You know, when you when you start when you start a brand, and you know um, when you're when you've been part of music for so long. You know, if I have a party, then there was always going to be, I believe, you know, there was always going to be a record label as well um, and releasing music. You know, most of this, you know, you could say is all sort of facilitate something, give me a platform to express myself because, you know, um, running events is a way of me expressing and releasing music as well. You give me a platform to release music on. So, you know, that obviously that is also a part of, the reason. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, the record label is always part of it. So, um, we started in, we started the record label, I think in 2017 and obviously t- trying to kind of promote, you know, um, London based artists as well. And we had, um, we had a few releases obviously, but because because it was so time consuming and, you know, um, I was doing events and the record label, uh, most of it myself, you know, it stopped sometime. And then we restarted that, I think like a few years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously, and then we obviously started kind of doing it better because we had a team behind it, you know, um, not a big team, but you know, a few people, mm-hmm. um, kind of behind it and yeah it, it kind of worked well and we've had like like I said Maxine um we've had Luigi Rocker uh Kasim and uh, yeah a few others well onto the record label yeah 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 that's sick so how did you build your team because I know Donna's been on it for a long time right and I met Donna lovely lady um but how, how did you build yeah like your team to from the start to what it is now for for summarize sessions that the brand itself for parties but also for the record label as well do you have the same team for the record label as you do for the parties or is it two different teams or yeah i think it's you know um i think to build a team is you know you have to meet the right people i think i was lucky enough to meet everyone i met along the way you know um like donna Donna was, I met Donna, obviously she was one of the first people to kind of um, DJ for us at Pasha. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, and uh, Donna and Natalie. Um, so these, uh, they joined, they were the first residents basically. And uh, yeah, I think I used to do most of the stuff myself and it came to a point obviously that um, if you want to kind of run something and take it to a next level, you can't be doing all of that yourself. So. I think we had Kieran come, in, come on board. We had Ewan as well, Karuba, who came on board um, later on. And um, then it just make, made sense, like, you know, as residents, I expect, you know, some contributions, you know, from, you know, doing this and every uh, based on what you're good at, basically, you know, and Donna was, Donna, we kind of distributed what we wanted to kind of do as residents. So the residents were running the brand at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, not the beginning yet, later, you know, when, when the residents kind of came on board, like, like Ewan. So Ewan and Kieran were running the record label. Um, Donna was helping based on, she was doing, she is doing um, the bookings. So she manages the artists both the residents and, you know, booking artists for all of the events. 
And uh, yeah, um, then we had, after the residents, we had more people kind of come on board, you know, people you met at events who wanted to be involved. Um, Polina, uh, he was working with us till, uh, till 2021. She joined us. She, she obviously Polina came, met Polina at one of the events. And she was like, you know, I'd like to be part of the group. You know, I like events and, you know, you have, you know, operational skills and all of that. So she joined and she came on board and then, you know, she was very helpful to get us as well where we are. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's meeting people who you can click with, you know, and it's not like we are, it was just business, like, you know, we were friends and yeah. and friends, you know, strangers became friends. So you then became kind of, you know, like a family. We've been, you know, we, we've had, we meet every Saturday on our, on our team calls every Saturday. Um, and this was, I think we started these team calls around, 2018, 2019, where we meet every Saturday and all through COVID and all of really? it because we had events, we had to reschedule and reschedule. So yeah, it's been um, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's yeah, that's how the team kind of you know has evolved. Then we have even now we have um, like Ash who's joined us, uh, who runs most of the tech and kind of does um, also event manages uh, many of the events and. Um, Jake, who's he runs the content stuff, like you know, um, who helps me with the content stuff. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, we're looking at obviously taking on a few people as well now because, um, because of the record label as well. So, you and so you and then Kieran obviously uh, have uh, have left and they are kind of you know focusing on their own things at the moment. So, friends, all good, just just to drop that in. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we're looking at kind of getting more people on board and kind of, you know, on both sides. And that means obviously um, trying to get, obviously keep in touch with what is out there as well. You need to always, always, even when we have, even when you had all of our old team, you know, all together, it was important to kind of get new blood in as well. And fresh new blood in in the sense like new uh younger kind of you know uh artists or younger kind of the the young generation like give give opportunities there mm-hmm. and yeah that's that's what the the team will always kind of grow and i think it will always evolve um over time so yeah that's uh cool. well, I'll a question at length <laughs> no that's that's good mate yes I, I i you know um you know, I, I'm a geek, and I'd love to know. That's why I do this anyway. Because I, I love the music scene. I love, I love it all, and I love to hear how you built a team. Because, uh, and it's it's absolutely wonderful that you built a team through what you love doing as well, through meeting people, yeah. and that's fucking sick. Because, you know, that's what it's all about, right? You you know, you go raving, you meet people, absolutely. and then you build the team, and now you've got that wonderful team around you. I mean, it's Absolutely. fucking wicked. I mean, many of these conversations also, you know, many of the conversations for Sunrise started probably in green rooms, you know, mm. and, you know, there's so many conversations, you know, I would wake up sometimes, you know, on a Sunday just thinking, what the hell did I say? Like, did I say, did I say anything, you know, out out of the ordinary? Did I make a fool of myself? Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot, you know. But those are the conversations, you know, um, those are the conversations where I'd, I'd be, I was always ambitious. So I was always talking, I would say I was talking shit, but then again, 
of everything that you know those are the when you're having those conversations you're probably you know really frank about everything and basically everything that we've said in those green rooms is now reality so yeah yeah i think it's wicked that you're still there meeting every saturday for all these years as well and yeah how, how credit to the team you know um it's it's you in this industry it's hard um yeah, but the yeah. team has always stuck by and you know believed in what you know the vision and you know that's why i always say like credit to the team because they don't really have to do it you know yeah but it is it, whatever we've achieved so far is because of a lot of uh joint effort from everyone yeah yeah it's wicked and with regards to the record label like starting that because obviously that's a different kettle of fish now i mean with the parties you you know you've you've sort of established that over the years but with the record label it being a new thing how was that organizing it with like stuff like how to write contracts how to actually sign people how to come up with like that business of that like i, I don't know so that's why i'm asking you because obviously you've done it so how does that process work it's all <laughs> all of it is just you know learn as you go to be honest very hands-on you know that's how we learn everything make mistakes you learn and you just you know you go on we learned all of that first time uh the first time the first crack we had at running the record label obviously you learn a lot you had friends kind of give you kind of tips <clears throat> help you probably with the promo um and then yeah you just kind of you know you get better and better and i think the second time we came around with you know we relaunched the record label we were better at it and um um and yeah and then you know it, like like events it's just you keep evolving you learn more about the pr side of the record label you learn you know there's so much more to it like you know now spotify age kind of the streaming and everything you know all of that but yeah it's all uh it's all a learning curve we're still you know we are still in in terms of where we are as a record label still in our you know infancy to be honest like yeah. it's not i don't i don't i don't think we're anywhere close to where we want to be and uh, we want to set up something for you know all of this is is for the long term yeah and that's why and that's why yeah that's it's uh yeah sorry i think the uh the <laughs> i said that's why that's yeah. why we keep doing this obviously you know with the bigger picture in mind yeah i i think it's wicked mate because again you have to uh, that's how you, you've organically grow as well as by making mistakes right and then building it by making mistakes you know that you've built it organically from like yeah you know i mean, mean that's exactly yeah that's exactly it that you know mistakes are part of of um of the journey to be honest and we've made you know i know obviously because i'm leading the team so i've made a few <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, but you have to make those mistakes and it's better you can't just you can't just go straight up there and kind of make those mistakes you have to make your mistakes smaller and learn from smaller because once you get once you get to our level of you know our level once you get to this level now as well you know when we make mistakes it costs us more so yeah it's um it's uh yeah you have to take everything on board and it's a constant learning curve that's good man it's good that your team stuck by you as well through their mistakes as well because it shows you've got genuine people with you and a genuine team yeah 100 100 100 um with i'm going to go into the parties and so when you uh when you get like book venues obviously clubs like passion the big clubs they provide like the equipment is there other th other venues where you've had to like 
bring your own equipment, speakers, and all that sort of stuff as well? Like, we've hired a venue, or has it all sort of been like with the big clubs? Um, most big clubs have their own, uh, have have the basics, you yeah. know, at least. You have, you know, you, you have the decks and mixes and everything. Obviously, many, many of the big artists obviously want uh, more, you know, they want the RMX, uh, um, they want RMXs, they want something, you know, uh, specific mixes. Um, and yeah, so anything outside of what clubs have, we have to kind of, you know, they usually we, we ask the clubs and they can hire it out because in different cities, you might not know suppliers. Yep. So many clubs, that's how, that's how it works really. If, if, if they don't have it, then they'll hire, they'll hire it out and then send us an invoice. Is it, is it, I love to ask these questions. Is there, what's, what's like the worst thing that's happened on a night, like whether it be technical stuff or just anything like that where you've gone, oh man, shit. Because it's all happened to us, right? When we've like, I've gone to like, my DJ at the Source Bar, put my USB in and the network cable didn't work between the two decks. I only had one USB and I was fucked. I was like, ah, oh, kind of have to walk away from this set and the guy got a, a, you know, a three hour set. So like, what kind of things? There's, have you come up there's with? loads that can go wrong. I think, especially with the Magic Garden Raid because there's so much, there's so much going on at the same time. There's loads can, Laws that can go wrong, um, but I used to prepare myself like even with the Pasha gigs. You know, you come in there thinking, right, there is going to be a hiccup, so you got to be prepared. Like you know, I used to always kind of you know, and that's why people is like, how you come and cool? Because I used to tell myself maybe something's going to happen, and then when it happened, I was like, this is it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I don't know with the magic garden rave there's so many things sometimes we've had you know like uh even now these days obviously you have the bongos bingo so let yeah this is one thing obviously that we we deal with sometimes you have bongos bingo or something that goes on and with steelyard and we have the same <laughs> we will have this again next sunday um it's not going wrong it's what you have to deal with basically yeah so the show usually our usual CLR shows is start at ten, and um, now obviously with Bongo's Bingo, we start the shows at eleven um, because Steelyard runs Bongo's Bingo between six to ten, and then there's a changeover. But obviously with the Magic Garden Rave, you have you know so much production that we put obviously and build the whole you know. The whole forest or you know the whole magic garden yeah in a club yeah so we do obviously we have the um the designers come come and kind of you know the the decorators come and kind of decorate the whole club in the morning and then there is this 45 minute window where because we can't touch the stage obviously because they run the event and uh that 45 minute window is like a military operation and everything has to go spot on so that is what could go kind of wrong. So we start building the stage in the second room. And then in that 45 minutes, they have to clear all the tables because the bongos, bingos, you know, they have the tables and everything. So you have the, the venue staff trying to clear out all of those tables. You've got the production staff trying to, you know, put together all these, uh, bring all the decorations for the stage out. And yeah, it's basically 15, 20 minutes of pure kind of, you know, organized chaos. <laughs> um but yeah it's um it's not what goes wrong but you know it is one of those things that you know 
um, technically some something could go wrong. We've had things go wrong as well, but you know, I think um, confetti cannons sometimes, you know, um, sometimes won't work or something's missing or suddenly we've had sometimes have the the CO2 gas one time, I think in Leeds, I think it was Mint Warehouse where it just went off and it was just like, it just started leaking and then we had to kind of, you know, you can't put your hand on it because it's it's freezing cold yeah. and, you know, you'll burn, you burn your hand. Yeah. And I remember Kieran, Kieran just threw his jacket on top of it and it was like, just shut it off. But yeah, loads can go wrong but, and we've had so many things, but I think maybe talking about that, that switchover, that is one of the most interesting things I would say. The structured stress of it all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a hard industry. I mean, even yeah. for us, like, you know, for me, like doing this as well, it's like, um, it's not money, obviously, you know, that's why I say we do it because we like doing it. Because for me, as far whatever whatever money we make on, on this goes kind of reinvested and yeah, exactly, also yeah. to be like for a rainy day. <laughs> and that, that's the thing, right? I, I, you know, I'm not kissing your ass here or nothing, but that's why I got mad respect and I wanted you to come on was because you were the first person to give me a go in London because every other promoter wanted me to sell over 50 tickets to make mm -hmm. money uh, or they wouldn't let me play. And then mm -hmm. I, we got in contact and, you know, it just was like, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, man, thank you very much. And it was a good vibe and I loved it, you know? I didn't sell mm -hmm. many tickets, but it was like you say, it wasn't about the money. And... I loved it, you know, and yeah. the thing is, you know, back then as well, it was about selling tickets and, you, you know, um, even for us, what I used to do even back then was I used to buy some of these tickets myself. Same. <laughs> yeah. I used to spend like fucking over a hundred quid or 150 quid yeah. for these tickets. Obviously you mentioned obviously about the ticket sales and, you know, um, uh, selling tickets and, you know, that's what, even when I started obviously DJing over here. It was about ticket sales, especially the ministry and all of that. Yeah. And, you know, even when we used to do passion nights, obviously, when you joined us, it was about ticket sales. And, you know, with DJs, and DJs wanted to kind of play and stuff like that. But for us, the reason, like like yourself, like many DJs wanted to play for us, obviously, because we never imposed that as much, you know, because, like I said, I used to... Um, I used to buy many of these tickets myself and always set aside set aside an event for on event day like you know let's put that money aside just in case you know tickets don't come through and mm -hmm. um, we used to kind of we used to pay uh, pay for those and even like dealing with some some of the staff at passion he's like you're always the you know um you're always the calmest promoter like you know you always uh, you never have any arguments like you know this uh, you know uh, with us about money and stuff like that and it was always the bigger picture in mind because at that time, you know, you just wanted to, you had to kind of put your name out there. And, you know, even today, that's still the case. You know, we kind of, that's, that's how we kind of, you know, put that money back in the kitty because running a tour doesn't come cheap and stuff like that. So it's never been about the money. And, you know, it's always, if you want to grow, especially being who we are, we don't consider ourselves, you know, nowhere close to the the big the big guys. Obviously, for us, it's you know um, the way the reason we are we continue on this journey is because we keep reinvesting in the brand, yeah. and that's that's really that's really what it is. Because the bigger picture is we want to be uh, up there, and we don't stop. We have to keep it consistent. 
you know, um, and that's that's how it is basically. And that's the thing, right? Like, you you you've done that from an early start, um, and and built it up, you know, to what it is now. You have to be consistent, and there is a factor that you have to have a business and you know and build a brand and be about the music and it has to be a fine balance which i think you've done very well um but some people think just about the money and some people just do this right and that's how you've continued like you say you've continued to grow um how did you like spread your wings out to around the country then because if you've got a crowd in london you obviously have to build a crowd up around the rest of the uk so how did you grow the brand and the community further out of london if most of your current following is in london do you know yeah i mean it's marketing to be honest you know we were we had a formula that we used over here in london and worked well um you know um, with marketing and adverts and everything that that we did we have so much content and stuff so it's basically that we took that formula we had here and we said you know if you've, it's working so well over here, why don't we test it out in a few other cities? And we did, and it kind of, you know, it worked. Um, obviously, London's London, and, you know, the whole thing about the tour is is still kind of, you know, a massive learning curve. Even now, we're still learning things about different cities because different cities behave, uh, the crowd is different in, in each city. And, you know, Whereas it's whether it's music genres or whether it's you know uh, purchase behavior, you know um, the consumer purchase behaviors in different kind of places, it's all different. So yeah, it's um, it's still a learning curve, but that's how we did. You know, we took we we thought of kind of taking what we have and doing what we do over here um, to other cities, and um, that's yeah, that was that was the plan, and it's still the plan now. Okay, and how how does how does the marketing thing work then? Like, what's do you have to? Do you and the team sit down and like plan it out of how you're going to market it to that certain city, or like what is the process of that? Because we don't see we, a lot of people don't know this part of the industry, right? Mm. They see all the glitz and glamour of just of what social media tells you, not the the you know the work behind it. So, so the marketing side is my is where you know I kind of do. Um, I'm very very particular about what. You know, um, about most things in running events, I'm, you know, um, a bit of a dick, maybe, if I can say that. <laughs> because everything has to be, because when you're, and I have to be that way, it's because I have to be, because you are competing against some of the biggest, you know, against some of the biggest names, the biggest brands out there, and we're the small guys. So everything in marketing or whether it's even even the stage design production everything has to be really on point and really kind of you know um in in sync with the with the team that we're going like whether it's magic on ray whether it's you know the brixton parties um so um in terms of artwork you know um whether it's the artwork whether it's the videographer photographers they've you know I've, i have conversations with everyone about how and what we want and it's very specific to kind of, you know, get, you know, uh, because uh, social media is evolving, you know, and, and people, uh, people's behavior is evolving at the same time. And we have to kind of, you know, um, if, you, if you're going to target that audience, you have to have everything pop. And that's, you know, that's in terms of like uh, using social media to kind of, you know, um, 
to kind of put it out there in terms of you know um, putting it in the diary in terms of uh, content scheduling and all of that it's still I think this is all work in progress mm-hmm. we've had people come on board and kind of help us with it we're looking at we're still now as well we're looking at other kind of people to come on board to kind of manage it but what, what we're doing is trying to create bring in some kind of standardization in terms of you know what we can do with anything in my day job i i do a lot of automation and stuff so i'm bringing that kind of experience in as well yeah. to kind of make standard kind of you know and sync so we have we have like there's a lot of things that we've done that we never did in the past like you know we've learned so much over the years and the way we kind of structure all of our assets all of everything we we ask you know like the promo videos the artwork assets in different kind of formats the social media assets that you know that you'll see like the reels and everything that go out so we've got a lot of these things and we're still streamlining it even more to kind of you know so we can kind of put it in the scheduler and kind of you know um put it out there at certain times because it's these days obviously like you said pasha back in those days you didn't have all of this now it's obviously so much more that you have to do and obviously target certain times ads run at certain you know um um the best ways you know best practices of using adverts and kind of keep in touch with all of that so there's a lot that there's a lot that we've done and there's still so much more we we are planning on doing obviously limitation of obviously sometimes is resources because we are still a very small team mm-hmm. uh, but that's also what we're looking at kind of bringing people on board on that i'm looking personally for someone to also come and kind of handle some of the marketing side of what i kind of you know do because the marketing side is is my side of things you know which is what i do so yep. we're looking at we're getting more people on board but yeah broadly speaking we've done it's um it's a it's probably one of the biggest part of uh plays the biggest part in kind of you know getting you know getting these shows getting these tickets sold and stuff like that yes i'm glad you said that because obviously when we were started doing all this um it was just like facebook pages and groups right and now it's like with 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 like artists now you have to be uh DJ, producer, marketer, social media expert, promoter. You have to be all of it now, right? It's, it's so yeah. much more to it. and Yeah, it's insane. so much more. It's insane how much like, yeah, you just have to put in now. But I'm glad you explained that, bec- uh, the marketing side of it, because you do have to schedule posts now and you do have to. So what advice would you give to like producers, DJs, other brands on how to grow their brands? you know, in this day and age now? Start small, start small, you know, like I said, make your mistakes while they're smaller, do, you know, don't aim too high too soon, but keep that, you know, do it for the bigger picture in mind and do it, you know, do it for you, basically, you know, not to kind of, not for anyone else, do it for you, express yourself and um, and have patience because i tell you it, it takes a lot of patience to get there but you you know you got you got to keep even now we you know there's a lot obviously that goes on even now behind the scenes we you know that we have to kind of deal with but you have to have that eyes on the prize and you know um you have to have that patience and the commitment to it because like you said a lot of people can give up easier some people can give up easier than others you just have to you know i always say like you know um it's a stressful job being a promoter and running all of that, but you've just got to, you've got to dig in sometimes harder than 
other times if you can't take the heat basically stay out of the kitchen otherwise you know um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is it is a tough job yeah that's an old school saying that yeah <laughs> nah, that's wicked mate and uh, is there anything else coming up for sunrise that you got you want to plug away is there what are the future plans for sunrise sessions you, the label uh the rec- um the brand itself even yourself as a dj producer what what things have you got coming up with all of that um uh we've got uh, we've got a whole summer you know action-packed summer we've got obviously we've we have the brixton uh the brixton uh parties which we do um we've got we've got manchester coming up and uh, we've also got um i haven't we've not even launched this but i'll say we're, we're, we're doing london east as well so we're going to take the magic garden rave concept and do a Mag- magic garden wave open air for the first time so Sweet. that's going to be like a uh like a foot in the door like an yeah like an open air kind of festival kind of feel for that one um that's going to be a big one and uh yeah there's a few other plans in the pipeline as well um but the label as well there's lots lots coming I, I can't i can't say anything just yet but we've got a good a good few artists that are coming on board as well um but yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on. That's why you know you probably see dark circles here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, know, I mean, I've got a kid. I know what it's like losing sleep. Trust me. Fuck me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. There's a lot going on. I think there's an there's also a plan for an in uh, India tour as well uh, oh, later yeah. in the year. But um, that's all still unconfirmed. But that's there's a lot of work going on in the background. You're doing an Indian tour as well, yeah? Yeah. I mean, Fuck, I have. Sweet, um, yeah, a lot of obviously friends from back home and a lot of um, uh, professional kind of you know um, um, friends. Um, yeah. So there there are plans which are not yet kind of um, concrete just yet, but we're still kind of yeah, looking at a few venues and um, a small tour. But it's just it's the beginning basically. That's fucking wicked. I'm glad you're expanding out now. Like, <laughs> we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Come out, come out to Vancouver as well. <laughs> Never say never. <laughs> no, no, never I'm, say never. I'm glad it's uh, I'm glad it's going well, mate. I really am. Um, you know, I think it's fucking wicked what you've done. You know, in fact, you've given you. me a uh, you know you've you gave me in the early days of your career an opportunity. So you know, and I thank you for that. And now I'm starting this. So I went to hear more about it, and it's good for other people to hear what it's like being a running a brand promoter record label all of that you know so yeah it's it's yeah it's it's been an experience obviously it's given me a platform it's given many artists like you know even even yourself you know loads of um loads of people who've come on board like blade for us for the first time maxine uh, man villa um you know loads of loads of people who've come on board and gone and done really good good thing great things so it's um it's it's given it's been it's it's a good good journey it's, it's a mix of you know things that happen good things that have happened for us and also good things that have happened for a lot of artists so um it's um it's a pleasure yeah what about your own productions and tell me a little bit more about your own productions so yeah i mean it's about finding time like you know so obviously i've released on summarize um i've got stuff that i released on three or three lovers but i've got I've got like music now in, in my catalogue, but I 
it's about finding time to kind of also send it out to labels and stuff and for yeah. me it is day job summarized <laughs> and 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 then the finding time send it out to other labels sometimes what i struggle with and that's that's the only problem because like the likes of three or three lovers and them we've you know we are always in touch and um and uh you know um there are stuff that probably will be coming out soon but um but um there's with other labels as well i'm, I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of other labels but sometimes i do find that i struggle with time and that's that's uh that's the only thing but I do play a lot of my stuff out, you know, um, even now. And it has been also, some of the stuff also been played out with the likes of Will Clark and that. Um, and he's like some stuff, some of the stuff I send for his label. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all work in progress. And, you know, um, the plan for this year is to kind of, you know, get, uh, get as much out there as I can. But uh, balancing that sometimes with events can be hard. Yeah, it's hard to struggle the time, right? Because, you know, like for me, doing this and then doing the production side of it, I, I put the production on the back foot for a long time, but I'm going to be putting it in up there with this now. But how do you use Ableton, Reason, Logic? What, what do you use and how did you learn how to do production? So I I'm um, I have learned Logic, but I use an engineer who I work with um, almost every month mm-hmm. um so we come up obviously i start some of the projects myself at home and then we'll go and finish them off in uh, in the studio um and yeah it's it's about finding that time to be honest um because like in in theory obviously we say we'll meet like once a month and stuff but sometimes because of events and because of my schedule sometimes that that even that doesn't happen but yeah well once a month or once in two months i'm in the studio and we spend like um a day uh a month basically just kind of you know um either working on you know um working on a track or multiple tracks um but yeah it's it's i'm still building that catalog right now obviously i've got a few tracks under my belt now so i'm still it's a process of sending it out now perfect mate that's uh i'm glad that scan well as well really glad um let's go i'm gonna finish it up there because it's almost probably been yeah, it's been just over an hour so thanks for coming on and telling me about or telling us about everything about uh it's been a pleasure thanks yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say, can, uh, yeah, about summarizing your know, your your own you know, your own stuff and the record label and everything like that. Thanks for sharing that story. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us, man. Nice. It's, uh, it's been a good 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 chat. Yeah, it's been good, mate. Thank you very much. You made me. You, you've had. You made me think about some of these things on a Sunday. That's not easy. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say I'm getting better with my questions, so that's good. No, the questions are good. I oh, appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad you invited us, and I'm happy to be on the podcast. No, I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. <laughs>